What, what? Another episode, Johnny. Yes, it is. Um, I have, have a medium amount of excitement. So that we're, not just, we're just not going to overdo it. Like you said, we're going to be low-key as we really are. Medium I'm just, is the I'm just right okay. amount. I'm just okay with today. Like a salsa that everyone can palate. Yeah, well, medium salsa is usually pretty hot. Is it? I, I don't know why they say a, they say mild, but... For a wimp. Is this a challenge? We're going to go right over do there. Do you like hot food? I do. Well, it's But I you. don't... You know what? I liked it more when I was younger. I don't know if it was like just a, I can do this. Oh, yeah. You want to feel thing, like a man. You know? but Put hair on your chest. You ever had hot chicken in Nashville? I have. I don't get the hot kind, though. Let me tell you something. I had hot chicken when I first moved here. Somebody uh, was like, oh, there's some hot chicken. Prince's hot chicken, you know. Mm-hmm. When it was like right next to where I grew up. Yeah. I grew up here. It was like a really bad part of town. I was like, I didn't know this is here, but okay. Because most, I'm telling you, native Nashvillians, we don't go eating hot chicken or wearing cowboy boots. And That's kind oh, of the deal, too, with, with food that's going to be like authentic and signature to your town. It needs to be in a bad area, doesn't it? Is there something about that? It needs I don't to know. be. Does that breed like great, like the cuisine comes out of the anguish of the, I don't know, maybe not. Possibly. I don't know. But I know this. It, I, I liked it. I mean, I, it gets so hot, you're sweating now. Yeah. And you really can't taste anything. Yeah, the food. You're eating to try to get rid of the heat, but you're eating more hot food. See, yeah. we call that counterintuitive. Yeah. But you do it anyway. It's like a chore to get through it. And I don't mean to be too graphic here, but the issue is not eating it. Yeah. But it, it hurt for days. I'll just put it that way. Like, it stayed with me okay. in ways that I don't like. So, <laughs> is that enough? I mean, can I say that? Okay. That's enough. So, so yes, I like hot foods, but I don't want to pay a price for a week. You know what I'm saying? What's mm-hmm. the, then I've, I've lost all the joy that said food might have brought me. Remember uh, our buddy we used to watch the ball games with, and his dad would make chili, and it was the hottest chili, and, he would be, and we'd be, like, sweating eating it. <laughs> it was like a chore to get through it, and you're just like... I, if I could just have a normal bowl of chili, I'd be so excited right now. I just want to watch this ball game and get through it. Here come the hot wings. You're like, oh, no, here come the hot wings. I remember wings. he would give me little, like, shots right. of uh, cayenne and stuff cayenne, to put in Cayenne, yeah. Well, it wasn't for that. He would give it to me, like, almost like as a vitamins. Like, look, yeah, take, he took him as, uh, take this, and it'll help and you. And he would swear about it. He goes, cayenne energizes everything I bet my it breath, touches. I bet my breath was awful all the time, and I had no idea. Between that and fish oil, I bet uh, you're just, you're, here we go. I'm not on as much of the fish oil right now. You don't take it? Well, you have to go all the way to the refrigerator. You know, my, you know, at that point, I'm ready to go to sleep. You oh, know? it's in the fridge? You're supposed to refrigerate fish oil. Oh, wow. So funny that you would ask that question because everybody doesn't know that. It's not like clearly marked on. Uh, yeah. It's not like in huge letters on the bottle. So Pastor Roy the other day, he was like, I'll take fish oil. It's like, oh, so you go get in the refrigerator. He was like, you're supposed to refrigerate it. And he went and looked it up. And sure enough, like it rots in there. So he's like, well, that would explain why it tastes so fishy and I burp all this oh, so stuff. so it keeps it from doing that if you... Right. It keeps it fresh. Oh, man, See, things mean. when they're cold, Johnny, But I'm saying once, your system, once it gets in your system, though, it's going to be but you're, turned you're, to fishiness. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to burp fish all day. You're, you're literally eating, if it's not refrigerated after a while, you're eating like putrid fish oil like it's it's oh. not supposed to it's 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 a biological but when you get it in the store it's not refrigerated well that's because it's sealed though i think once it's unsealed and exposed to air i think like is the ketchup moment. like the bottle of ketchup is supposed to be refrigerated after opening it could last forever 
until you open it, Johnny. Man. And isn't that just like our lives? <laughs> I don't know how. Our lives last forever until we open them up. <laughs> Some of y'all been uh, Some of y'all been shelf. closed off and you, you've been put on a shelf somewhere. And say you don't. Which Left sounds, alone, it, seemingly. But you're not being used. We're not until tasting. God takes you. He shakes you. He opens you. He pours you out. And then he puts you in a nice, and dark, he dips cold a place. a French fry of... Wait, Wait that's not uh, the French fries. <laughs> <laughs> Taste and see. Anyway, anytime there was ever a food sermon. So I'm doing John 15 on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, you're pretty, and I'll be I'll be here for church. No, you won't be here. I'll for be church. here, bro. You, you, you can do, count on you me. Do five minutes. Have I let you down? <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, I'll do. They call it a little window. Hey, you want to come do a little window? You come do a little window. Oh, I see my friend Johnny's here. Uh, I didn't know that was happening. Johnny, come on up here. Why don't you greet the people? What if you did that with everybody? Because Nashville, there's a lot of musicians. You could do it with everybody. Hey, come on up and growing up in song. church, that happened a lot. Actually, it was kind yeah. of like if somebody shows up. Well, look, it's brother. He's like, oh, oh. I, I couldn't possibly produce his own microphone from his pocket. <laughs> he looks in the back and, and, and a track, over, a track he, yeah, starts. Right. Yeah. He hands over a cassette, no, no, track two. Like track he, doesn't, two. he just goes, hey, track two. Like it's already back there. He knew the whole time. He knew the whole time. No, uh, I'm, I'm doing John 15. I saw about to say yeah. that uh, one – uh, we've kind of been fighting over who gets to do John 15 because we always come in and out of the book of John. We've been on another series called One Another's, which you can right. go, by the way, to the uh, Messages from the Grove app if you wanted to listen mm-hmm. to those if you wanted to. And so uh, that's right there on, that's on iTunes. iTunes. And wherever pod, fine podcasts are located. Fine, fine. And so I get to come out into John 15. I was really excited until I realized like it, it it's a way more calm. Like I know John 15 because yeah. you're like, oh yeah, I'm the vine, you're the branches. That's what you said we were walking in today. I was like, yeah, if that's all it said, but there's a right. lot of other things in John 15 that are kind of like theological minefields for different people. It's where a lot of the camps divide. The camps divide in John 15 between Calvinism and Arminianism and, you know, because it's, it's very much the father, the father discards the branches that aren't fruitful. And yeah. what does that mean? And so anyway, you know, going to the context of it. But one thing I was really studying today is metaphors have limits. Like that's why Jesus, I'm going to say that like even Jesus's metaphors, his truths have no limit, but his metaphors, yeah, metaphors have limits. Like you can only go so far before yeah. you'll find a way. I was like, I, I'm going to say probably, I don't know, I'm working on it. Something like, oh, people use the metaphor. We're like cars, Jonah, you know, and you oh, know right. what? We, we need to come in and get filled up every week. We need to get gas because you drive your car forever without gas. No. So you right. come to church. You, you know what? And every every 90,000 miles, you know, I've seen people take the car metaphors so far. You've got to have a special. That's a revival, Johnny. Every, every year we have a revival. Time. That's the oil. You get your oil changed. You get your oil changed and all those things. But eventually it's like, well, if you take it so far, it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, does that mean I leak? You know, like, yeah. does it mean that I have to- I got junk in my trunk <laughs> spiritually? At some point in time, the car metaphor will, will be pressed too far. Yeah. You know? So that being said, the fish oil metaphor can only go so far. Yeah. It can only go so far. Metaphors may be representing perfect things. But they themselves are not perfect. That's why Jesus would use them back to back. The kingdom of God is like this, and the kingdom of God is like this, and the kingdom of God is like this. Because one metaphor is not sufficient for the all-encompassing sufficiency of the kingdom of God. Guys, that's our show. <laughs> you did it, John. You've been great. We wrapped it all up in seven and a half minutes. Man, but but it's going to be too, by the time this comes out, they will already miss the sermon. But they can get it on the app. Right. On Monday. In fact, the day that this releases, they could go and, and listen to the sermon. For John 15. John 15. It's a big one. 
It does that if you abide in me and I abide in you, you can ask what you will. That's oh yeah, there's a, that's in, in there, there too. That's a big one for the prosperity people. Yep, like literally everybody's in this one. All the camps. Well, I know I abide. I abide. I'm supposed to have this Tesla. There you go. Yeah, you've really not that, up- it, not that it's wrong to have a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> in case I get one down the road. In fact, some of you who have a Tesla. Maybe should become sponsors of the podcast. What, Tesla itself should become a sponsor. Let me tell you something. If Tesla would give us a car, we'll drive it and talk about it. On we'll the air. share it. That's fine. You can take it on the road, and I'll Thank have you. it. On, I'll have it during the. I week. don't know if it'd be good for the road because what's the mile? You have to like pull over and plug it in. Doesn't it have? Is a Tesla? Is a Tesla's pure electric? Yeah, it's pure electric. But the new ones get like four hundred miles, I think. Wow. Wow. By the way, I apologize. Isn't that just, isn't that just like our lives, though, Johnny? Sorry. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> you need to pull over to Cracker Barrel and some find Some need to get a charge. Um, some y'all need to be charged uh, mm. with crimes. Uh, mm. No, I, I, we, I apologized. First of all, we to made Tesla? a bold claim about the Trans Am Firebird. You apologized to Elon Musk? The Trans Am being the car from Smoking the Bandit. We were sure it was a. Although one of my favorite moments in the podcast is the moment you said, "Literally, sorry. there was a bird on fire." That's right. <laughs> so then I felt dumb because somebody corrected us. So point of order. Do blah, you feel blah, dumb blah. every time someone corrects you? I just think we call that life, Johnny. Well, you shouldn't feel dumb. It's just life. So I don't know. Talk, let's talk about it. I think. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Tell me about your mother. <laughs> uh, was it important to her that you're always right? It was. It really was. No, I think. She, no, the the car was a Trans Am. It was a Firebird Trans Am. Right, they are one and the same. Well, it's a model of that. Correct. It's like so. A, another person came in after that person. Said, well, it's actually not a Trans Am. It's a Firebird. So no, and it, they looked at it, and there was a literal whole Wikipedia entry about it, and like he copied and pasted it. Yeah. And that was our buddy Scott Gillis, and he. So this is done. I'm not going to feel bad anymore. I knew the movie trivia, and I'm never wrong. So it was. A Trans Am is not a Firebird. A Trans Am is a Firebird. Because you know I'm not taking the time to read all the stuff that he posted. It's a type of it was a type of Firebird. So maybe it was like the, I don't know how I don't know how it works, but it, we were both right in other words. Wow. It was a Trans Am and it was a Firebird. But there are Pontiac Firebirds that were not Trans Am, so I think it might have been right. like an actual ex, extra specification. Yep. You know. Yep. But I anyway, all that said, I'm not sorry anymore. I wonder because Trans Am means trans-American, obviously. If you can just get through your life and Across your marriage America. and your spiritual life without having to apologize, I feel like you win. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, that's the hallmark of my ministry. I don't... Remember that? You ever heard that, that love is never... No, love means never having to say you're sorry. Have you ever heard that before? That yes. was like in a movie. And that's the dumbest thing the I've worst. ever heard. Love means you say you're sorry every day. A lot. Even when you're not sorry. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You thought I was going to say even when you're not wrong. Oh, Johnny. Uh, You have to say it, though. You got to put it out there. Oh, man. No, I am sorry a lot. And I say I'm sorry. I think I say I'm sorry way more than in my early days. Yeah. Like, I've been married almost 24 years. Yeah. So there's, sometimes you have to, you come to grips with your own humanness, your own humanity. Yeah. And your brokenness. That's one of the things marriage does for you, if you're doing it right. Oh, I totally agree. It's like a mirror, you know, and, and you, if you're willing to look in it, you know, to say, yeah. oh, I, I'm that guy. I, I come from a logic center first yeah. on things. So right. things get revealed to me when they happen. They're kind of ahas, you know. Yeah. I don't feel my way as much. I do have a lot of feelings and things that arise, but like 
uh, it happens to me often that we'll be in some sort of disagreement when I will suddenly realize I'm an idiot. Yeah. And that's not, it's actually good, it, 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 but it's hard. It's hard for her then because I'm like, oh, by the way, I know I just like fought for this for 20 minutes. What were mm-hmm. you, we had an argument the other morning. We were ordering plane tickets, okay, because yeah. we're, going, we're going to D.C. next week. And we were ordering plane tickets and trying to figure out how to maximize the amount of time we're going to spend in D.C. Because I'm, I'm there on a writing trip. Sadie and Laura are going to go with me. I'm going to work some in the mornings, and then we're going to go see everything we you can. You hit the museums, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, four days in D.C., full days is not enough, you know, and so much less half days. And so we're trying to maximize. We're going to come home Saturday night. And so um, trying to maximize all the stuff, and she's on – the app, we're in bed, both on the apps, kind of looking up where the flights are. You can go to Reagan, you can go to Dulles, or you can go to Baltimore. You know, which one's going to work for us to get where we want to be and maximize our time out. And so she begins saying that um, I find these flights that are the right ones. We get home a little later. They're longer flights because they're connecting, but... Baltimore's the one. I would more, already, I would, you should have talked to me first. Actually, Reagan. No, actually, we're flying into Reagan, out to Baltimore. Out Baltimore. Okay, That's how it works. I'm supposed to say Baltimore's direct both ways. And yeah, 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 yeah. Cheaper. And it, but it's later. That was the whole deal. Oh, it was, right. It was later. Yeah. So Baltimore had the latest flight coming back. So we'll fly, I think, fly into Reagan and fly home from. So I did two one ways. So what it ended up being. We had yeah. one, though, that connected in Chicago. And so, yeah. but it had like a 40 minute layover. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, th- we can't do that one because if that flight, if our flight at all, at all is delayed, you know. Yeah. And for me, I'm kind of a live, I was like, you know, it is a flight that they've made. Right. Like humans are getting on those flights every day. Yeah. And she's acting like, in my mind, and I realized, by the way, I was on decongestants that morning, and I get really, really kind of, like, I don't, I don't realize that my whole point of the story is- You're I don't minimizing realize, her fear without meaning to. Well, I'm- Her concern is, probably, is a good concern. I get really, really technical. Yeah. Like, for me, yes, she is, she is summing up something as if it's definite that we're not going to make the flight. That's yeah. how I'm interpreting it. And that technic- That's a pessimistic uh, viewpoint. And that technicality, yeah. like for some reason that particular morning, I decide to dig in my heels yeah. on this. And I'm not even sure why. Like you know more than the airports now? Yeah. I'm they've like, made algorithms. Is like, it, so you've made, yes. I'm in, that, I'm in a place like people do. Well, and she's like, John, I'm a manager. Like, right. I she have travels to, a lot more than you. I have to approve people's travel. Yeah. And, and our company won't approve travel with an under an hour layover because it happens so often that yeah. people miss the flight, you know? And so I'm sitting here 20 minutes or so. And by the end of it now, I've made her really upset because I'm just being, I can't say all the words I'm being <laughs> on you're, the air. You were being a butthole. John. I was being kind of ugly. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I see myself outside of myself. I'm like, oh man. Like in Ghost? Yeah. Like I've like risen above. Swayze. I can look down on an ugly Patrick Swayze that's me and I can say, wow, that guy's really not being nice to his wife for no reason except yeah. that he got it in his head, didn't have enough coffee or took too much cold medicine last night. And then I want to be immediately like, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. But I've built this thing up so yeah, far. She can't. doesn't quote unquote downshift that fast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I have to give her a minute and then realize that this is this is what it takes. She forgives me every time and quickly, usually, but I want it like instantaneous. Like, you know, I, I think this is your apology. No, I apologize then, too. Yeah. But did you guys make pottery together like in <laughs> Ghost? Because that's what I'm saying. Like a pottery oh, scene. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I don't always too. see it, Once you defend way. a position, yeah, it's hard to be like, yeah. oh, by the way, I was way That off. position sucked, yeah. I was way off. Yeah. 
It happens though. Husbands and wives. It just be better. Like you said, I mean, a marriage requires apologies. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Not just apologies. I, I really think this is a good practice. And it, is, it sounds like semantics, but um, not like ceramics, which is what you were talking about. A no, ago. that's a different thing. Right. It sounds just semantical to say it, but I think there is something to it to say, hey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Because sometimes you're right. You could be sorry, not sorry. I mean, that, there's a reason that f- expression is a thing in today's culture. Like, right. oh, I'm going to end this uh, awkwardness between us without actually acknowledging any wrong. <laughs> yeah, or like, I'm sorry you feel right. that way. That's a big yeah. That's a big one. Some people apologize that way. Well, look, I'm sorry if you felt like I did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. It's a very, it's a very, so I, I try to make a point of saying, hey, I actually am owning that I, you know, yeah. I may have had points that were right, and there's a chance we could have made the 40 minute flight, sure. Yeah. But me going that far with it, really, that was stupid. One so, of my favorite, uh, me. one of my favorite uh, Tim Hawkins bits uh, is from he was in counseling with his wife, and so he talks about it on stage, and he says, because uh, we used to fight, we'd get so heated. And we just didn't, we could never like come down from like how heated we were, get so deeply entrenched in our ideas. We go to the counselor, they help you because they say, start asking questions. Don't get all hung up in your head, like ask questions. It happened to me the other day. We're getting ready for church. She's taking forever. It's getting heated. Finally, I start asking questions. Sweetie, why are you being a psycho right now? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. That's so great. (laughs) Such a funny misdirect. Oh yeah, that's good. That, don't ask that question. No, no. Playing along at home. Hey, did I tell you I went to the dentist this morning? <clears throat> so you're a little numb still. I think I'm starting to feel again. I had a, so I've only had two cavities in my whole life, mm-hmm. and I had a tiny stick on the last dental visit. So he's like, it's a tiny little occlusion, and we're going to go ahead and, and do a Occlusion? Yeah, it's like it's not even a full cavity, but it'll get that way. Yeah. So yeah, so I didn't even know if I'd have to have it, but they did. They numbed me up pretty good. And so um, Mm. for the whole morning, I I was talking to some people at Starbucks and I could not get, it was in the back, Mm -hmm. but it, that it kind of, I guess, permeated part of the left side of my, my lips as well up front. Oh, right. So I was trying to, I found myself not being able to smile and speak correctly on that side. So it was very, it's very disorienting. And when you do a drool kind of runs out. I never got to a drooling point. That's good. Not any more than usual. Right. So just, just a regular amount. But there was a there was a a definite and and he put a big cotton ball in my mouth. You know he really is. And I know that that whole thing's been done a lot in comedy and everything. But I really do wonder how dentists feel about talking to you a lot with your mouth wide open and instruments and cotton balls. All right, that's when they want to just have a conversation with you. Because you're talking about the NBA drafts tonight, you know. And I have a lot to say. About do you that. really? Well, I didn't know you were interested. I'm, I'm not interested in the NBA very much, but yeah. there's three, oh, there's three players. Yeah. You're going to watch, right? You're so, going to watch. Yeah. I mean, Laura's the one. Like, yeah. she's been following it daily. She yeah. followed the lottery, the combine, all their workouts, all yeah. these things. Like, she's, um, I'm so but He's love. asking you, but you're like, ah, ah. Yeah, I was like, I can't say anything. It's hard to say Admiral Schofield <laughs> with a hand <laughs> in your exactly. mouth. That's I a tough one. And I bit my lip off and started bleeding. That's so. no good. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm intrigued anyway, you know. I'm I'm an NBA guy, so yeah, lifelong Lakers fan. So we've already pulled off the cool trade. We got Anthony right, Davis. Right, you got Anthony Davis. Uh, but we traded away a ton of our assets to get him. So yeah. now it'll be like, what do we do now? They're trying to clear. Can cap you really space. call them assets? The kind of season you had, though. Well, mm. they were young. It's a young core, so they're still. Whether or not we'll see. That's the thing. We we traded away two young players that have gone on to be really good for other teams. Yeah. So they were mistakes. 
to trade away. So I'm hoping that's not what's going to happen here. Is that not a development problem, though, on your side? Is there a reason they weren't a good player it's for a, you? It's probably a coaching problem, which is why we fired our coach. Yeah. Yeah. But young players just do young, dumb things for a few years. Yeah. And LeBron's that player that he's passed. He's just ending the – he's at the end of his prime now, so it's like – they don't have time to go like, well, let's put a bunch of 20-year-olds around LeBron and see what happens. Like, they need to win now before he turns to dust. Help me understand sort of the vitriol that exists in L.A. around LeBron. Like, I don't know what you mean. I feel like, I'd have I, again, I'm, I'm limited to the amount of exposure to NBA yeah. things. that that, But I sensed a lot of people kind of disenchanted with him. When the season didn't go well. Oh, right. Well, he missed some games to injury. And then I thought maybe he was leaving. Like, I heard rumors that they didn't, they wanted to get rid of him. It wasn't, you know, only one year contract. Well, the trade for AD, okay, so for Anthony Davis uh, coming from New Orleans, okay, so they wanted him and he, he wanted out of New Orleans. Well, they share an agent. So there was some talk that behind the scenes, LeBron is the one wrangling of putting all these other players on the trading block. So it hurt the chemistry of the team. Yeah. Because there were six or seven players in that deal originally before the trading deadline last year. So then the trade didn't go through because the Pelicans were like, forget you. We're not going to work with the Lakers. Why would we help you? And so now you you have a, a, a locker room with seven dudes that know that their head was on the chopping block that before. And they're like, let's go play ball. And it's just too weird. So there was talk that that killed the season as much as the injuries did. But there were so many injuries. Uh, and I've never heard anything. I've never heard anybody say anything, but LeBron was a great teammate. Even the people who got traded away were like, "No, this is all media stuff." Now I will say this: in LA, people are very defensive of the history. Like some of the greatest, greatest players to ever play the game right. have come through LA. So there were people who were like Kobe fans. There was a mural put up when they got LeBron that said "King of LA," and it had like. Because he's King James, they put a king, a crown on his head. He's in this mural of all the Laker greats, and people flipped out. That were like, "Let's hold, let's pump the brakes." Kobe's the king of L.A. or whatever, because he's got five championships, you know. And I was like, "Okay, well, yeah, but LeBron has how many? He's got." Three, but I'm saying none as a Laker. So yeah, just to make him, so a, act, yeah. but he's right. he's already one of the greats, regardless. One hundred percent. I mean, it's just that whole thing of people get so wound up in their own defending their player. You're yeah. like, this is going to make the Lakers better. Let's settle down. But no, what I'm hoping will happen is that he'll bounce back from his kind of injury-riddled season last year, and they'll be better, and they'll have more veterans on the team. Because he was passing to like people who were missing wide-open threes a lot last year. I watched a lot. I watched like 40 of those games, wow. a couple of them in person. And we looked bad. Like LeBron draws two people, three people, kicks it, and instead of it being, you know, uh, you know Kyrie Irving who can hit a three, it's just some guy named Joe who bricks the three, and then LeBron gets tired of it. And yeah, there was some bad body language last year. I appreciate yeah. you not calling the guy John. Yeah. I mean a lot. If you had to it's pick a random guy named, schmo. Yeah, you. Yeah, we'll call him JD. I'll protect <laughs> his anonymity. <laughs> you know, one. What? How do you feel? Why do you think the name, the nickname? King James, I and mean, what a very religious thing. Don't you think there's some oddities about why we picked that out? Like, it's not like yeah. the sports world is all up in arms about biblical translations. I don't know. Like, uh, couldn't we? Is some, there... Somebody comes along later, he's the NIV. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm the New Living Translation. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I just, I don't know. I think that's an interesting. People don't like King James. Yeah. People don't like the 
You know what I'm saying? That gen. I, I, okay, I'm stereotyping. I would. Somebody's I would like, imagine. The, so he's like a flashier version of LeBron, but the, the old people. King. But the old people don't like him, and they're like, "Ah, he's the message." We call him the message. Uh, <laughs> we're not sure if he's actually following the rules. Even <laughs> he travels a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's just. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's yeah. like it just worked out with the words that you wanted to hear. To me, for him to be as, like, people talk about how he's a little bit of a narcissist, and and in the social media, he's interesting. Uh, Like, I remember he's put a couple posts out where he kind of pats himself on the back when he reaches an accomplishment, even if the team is like a dumpster fire at the time. Yeah. And people didn't like that, and I didn't like it. But at the same time, when I think about how normal he is compared to what ringer he's been through of fame, you know? Like, he was called the chosen one when he was 15 years old. Yeah. ESPN was broadcasting his high school games. It's actually one of the very few things I watched. It was breaking records. People were watching it. And uh, it was unbelievable. And then all this, I mean, it's it's been nothing but haters. And there's been a lot of haters. There's been a lot of love. But when you, whenever you're that beloved, you're going to have so much more hate on the other side. Because they're like, what's this guy getting so much love for? Yeah. So they got to take you down a peg. For him to still be like married, you never hear about him like hanging out in the bars and with five different women. Like he doesn't do that. He's a family man, so far as I know. He's he gives all this money to charity. He, fa- he has a foundation. We've talked about that before on the podcast. The I Promise School. He's really lived up to the hype in a lot of ways, and uh, he's never really lost a finals that he was favored in. That's the other thing people forget. They go, "Well, he's lost so many finals." He's never lost a finals he was favored in, though. He was yeah. never favored in those ones he lost. He was on teams that were not as right. good as the Warriors or whatever. So I don't know. To me, LeBron is uh, – I'm glad to have him on my team. But I, I do think that his skills are fading. And I'm hoping that – well, they think that's what Anthony Davis will be. I mean, Anthony Davis is 27. So it's like he's your guy of the future. Yeah. So he'll help LeBron kind of fade into a nice role like Dwayne Wade did. I know. don't know if LeBron – you think he'll age gracefully? I, I do. I feel like he's. I feel like he, part, he's a team player anyway. He's a team first. Part guy. of what makes him different is, is he seems like he has almost a superhuman makeup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's not. He's physically imposing, but he's not Shaq physically imposing. Right. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like his, like you said, his pre workouts before the game are yeah, the worst workout of my life, kind of thing. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting. You called him your team. I'm glad to have him on my team. Well, he's on my team. He's on the Lakers. I've been yeah. a lifelong Lakers fan. So, yeah, so you yeah. own you own that. I'm not saying I own people, John. <laughs> Let's not go there. Although that did come up a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about this whole thing of like is owner a t- is team owner a racist term, and people got all sensitive about it. And it's an interesting conversation to have, but. I, I just think, think that, I thought that means you own the league. You own the team and you own the players. But I mean, a lot of people. It's I mean, a company. There are people who take issue with draft night. You're looking at people's statistics. It's like, I mean, there are ties to, I mean, this idea that it draws a type and shadow of what the slave trade used to be of like this whole, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I understand that there are people who could draw lines there and say, this is uncomfortable to me. I think there are certainly um, things to look at in American sports culture, and we're not the first ones to say that, mm-hmm. um, with how the rules of racism are dichotomized subconsciously in people's minds to where yeah. they treat and cheer for someone of a different race because it helps their team. Yeah. And if they run into that person in the grocery store, the not knowing who they are, right. that there's a completely different reaction. Yeah, yeah. That here they're a hero and here they're a threat. 
so like the the stereotypes of it based upon how it benefits you. It's fascinating. Um, actually, I was reading uh, Dallas Willard, Divine Conspiracy, and he talks about, in fact, I'm just going to read you a paragraph. He talks about sports a little bit and what it's, what it's done in, in modern culture. This is 1997 when he wrote mm-hmm. this. So, Cuteness like cleverness, because we were talking about that, the whole absurdity of life that we've made as a default that we're not really understanding. So the only thing left to do is to be yeah. clever or cute. Right. Because if you really, you feel like it's all kind of meaningless. Cuteness like cleverness has certain aesthetic possibilities as do sex and violence, but they are very limited. Picasso is the most familiar and brilliant illustration of how it can be well used and of how it goes to seed, meaning it produces more inside of you. But, As we now know, masses of people can be cute and clever as well who have no ability or sense of art at all. As creators and consumers, they fill the field of pop culture today, which is an economic enterprise and only by accident occasionally has something to do with art. Art objects are now commonly referred to as, quote, product by those who handle them and only make news when they are sold for absurdly large sums or are stolen Art is lost in pop art as sport is lost in professional, quote, sport, which is an oxymoron of the strongest kind. Absurdity reigns and confusion makes it look good. Mm. So he's saying by definition of the word sport, to call something a professional sport mm-hmm. is an oxymoron. It's such an interesting thing. Right. It's, it's become, a game. Yeah, yeah. It's now become, though, life. Like it's it's a reflection of life. We don't know the the dividing lines um, between understanding what entertainment is. And to your point, I think you're right. Whether or not the the, the ownership of a team is is a racial thing or not, and, and I think that you know, there's a day in my life I'd have said, oh, you know, that's semantical. But I think we have to be sensitive to the way that we right. Like I don't get a right to tell somebody else how that feels in their culture, their history, and where they're from. The more that I read, I realize I, it, would be, it would do good for me to probably listen, you know, and not act like I know everything about it. To me, more so, NFL would feel like that because the contracts aren't guaranteed and they can throw you away when you're injured. Oh, yeah. So they can say, hey, you have this much value and you signed this big deal. Hey, you have $57 million contract. Now the fans are all like, well, he better produce. Now we feel this sense of ownership. For money we didn't spend. That's the other thing that I always find interesting. <laughs> yeah. When somebody gets a contract, you're like, they gave him all that money, and he didn't, he couldn't uh, shoot better than this. It's like, it's not your money. Well, when we you are buying that. tickets, or you're paying for your you're paying for your cable membership, or your package. That's the thing, though. Know, what are what is our what are our rights right, as a if fan? You, if and, you truly had investment, it would right. be very small. But the NFL, like, you get a knee injury, they're like, oh, we cut you to save money, and they're done with you. Where the NBA, they're still guaranteed contracts. So well, I think that the counter argument to that always for everybody, everybody, and this is this is what we do in American culture. This lets you know what really matters to us. And even in some of the small amounts of sports related stories that yeah. I've, I've written on, this comes up a lot. And that is that once the term millions mm-hmm. of dollars is thrown into any scenario, people feel that you're in another universe in which we have every right to criticize or to look yeah. at you through, you know, look at you in a fishbowl or to dismiss even your value. You're right in that. You, yeah. We do in some ways. It's not, you don't even have a right to have problems. Exactly. How, you could just buy your way out of any problem. How could you have problems? Well, it's vicarious living. What we're yeah. saying is is I can't be out there on that field. I have to work in, in my regular job. Yeah. So what you're going to do for me on Sunday afternoon is is you're going to provide this fantasy way of escape for me where I'm going to cheer for this team, feel a part of my team, my mm-hmm. community, whatever. It's going to accomplish something completely absurd that has no bearing 
on anything. Like it doesn't, it has no bearing on the world, no bearing on anything. It doesn't, besides charitable contributions that arise from people making the millions of dollars, it literally doesn't matter to, to anything that's going to happen in the world outside of the people who are involved in it. And so it has good. I'm not calling it all bad, but I'm just saying it is a sport. And, but, but now you disappoint my fantasy. That right. I feel – and the, and the reason I get the right to be disappointed in a complete stranger who's sacrificing his body is because he got paid millions of – it's like gladiators basically. Yeah. You got paid millions of dollars. Whatever happens to you happens to you. So shut up and don't complain about it even if you blow your knee out or have a, a traumatic brain injury yeah. or all those things. Like you knew what you are getting into and, and we paid you We paid you off to feel that way. Um, and so I mean – and I do it. Like I, I'm a huge football fan and all those things. I think I'm, I'm trying to come to the place where I'm going, how am I – how much do I feel like I really own this or how much am I escaping to it mm-hmm. beyond a healthy, you know, place? Um, and not to overlook or to, you know, not to I understand. Can we just not watch football and enjoy it? Yes, I will. And it's fine. I'm not trying to. Otherwise, I just it. have these chips and dip for nothing. I'm just exactly. staring into the void while I eat <laughs> pigs in a blanket. If you put something on the background, it feels less like self-destruction. Well, it really is for me about the the camaraderie with with you and others even if you're in california we're texting about the game yeah and then my friends who are opposed to tennessee athletics or whatever we're texting and having banter and fun you know and 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 like for basketball season this year it was great i liked these these guys that's why i like college I know. they're not professionals yeah i like that they're just out but there they can't playing. wait to be professionals that's why no, I, always, I don't like that argument is they're like these guys play for the love of the game it's like first of all they're probably all getting paid second of all <laughs> no, they're, they're getting paid at louisville but not at tennessee and come, on, come on come John. on come on i told you how bad they're all three stars no you know i ain't paying them uh well not not in the beginning but <laughs> no i don't know i think there's a purity to it but i mean I do think you have to look at what is it about sport yeah. that we're really all up in arms about because it's something. What is it about whether it's whatever it is? And I think I think those things are. Well, you want bragging rights for your team when they do well. That's yeah. the thing you're imagining is like I can't wait to, you know, whatever, talk about this the next day or share this with somebody if you're in the moment with them. You know, I went to a couple of games this year, and it was cool to experience with friends. Like, it was a cool thing. Yeah, there you go. One game, the Lakers came back from 19 down. It was unbelievable. And I was there. I was, like, right behind the bench. See, and some of that, that's for NBA for me. The games are too long. They really are so long. They're only eight minutes longer than a college game, John. You have time to come back from 19 points down. You know what I'm saying? Well, part happens. of it's the three-point shots. Just That's all it is now. It's yeah. threes and dunks. Yeah, in pro in the program, and that's college is headed there. But threes are impressive to me. Like that's the hard. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do from that yeah. distance. You know, I mean, I, I like that. The th- I do like the NBA better because they're ta- they've talked about moving the, the NBA three back even further, but they can't do it because the corner three is already, already shorter. Yeah, you're going to be out of bounds. Yeah, the, to shoot the, the ball. yeah. these guys' feet are <laughs> too yeah. long. They're already almost stepping out of bounds. Yeah, I think they just need to bring in a four point shot, put it near the the logo. Yeah. And uh, that's a four-point shot. It would, it would alter the end of the game often. Wouldn't it be awesome? Yeah. If you get fouled on a four-point shot, then it could be a five-point play. Wow. I think it's too much. You know what I'd love to see for real is the one-and-one. One. I want to see the one-and-one one in pros. These people would shoot better free throws if you had a one-and-one. One. A bonus than a double bonus. They don't have a bonus? No, no, no single bonus. It just goes straight to two it's shots. Either, it's either ball out, sideline, or it's two shots. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it has been forever. Well, that's, I don't, I'm no one of the games they, are lasting so long because often you miss the front side well, of one-on-one. One TV the clock. timeouts too. College games last a long time too because of TV. Con- these TV contracts are insane. 
And so there's like they every every time something happens, they're like, now a word from whatever Metamucil. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, product. <laughs> That's a huge <laughs> NBA sponsor. It's true. Metamucil. They could be keeping you regular on your court life. I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the all the really gross. I feel like shoot commercials. A shoot, shoot a two. I mean, no, it's not right. I feel like, or a three. Wait. I feel like all. I feel like that some of these, like the Charmin commercials with the bears, mm-hmm. is too much. It's, oh, it's the, too yeah, graphic. Talking about cleaning their honeys. Yeah, and such. I don't want to. I don't want to look at a bear's butt. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, and the one bear's pulling on his underwear. It's like the other bear are naked then in that commercial, right? Right. Because the two bears are like, I don't want to pick up the underwear. And then the kid comes in. He's like, they're clean because my honey's clean. And yeah. then he puts on the underwear. And then the two bears, the mother and father bear, are just standing there basically naked. <laughs> it's true. If you're going to create you're this universe. Feel, you're making me feel weird about naked bears. Now. There's rules in that universe you created. And you're right. There, I, Johnny, I haven't thought about that. It's I love like that. Donald Duck wearing just a shirt. Dude, what kind of weird. Absolutely. If you're going to wear just a shirt. Wear pants too. Yeah, doesn't Mickey wear just the pants with the need, spenders or something? Need, but maybe they only had money for one outfit. <laughs> they share an outfit. I don't know what's going on. Winnie the Pooh, same thing. It's just like, man. Yeah. What's the deal? I guess because they want to show the tail. That's why. Because that's a cute part, animated wise. Well, in Pooh, it's the belly. The big belly yeah. on Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. I don't know. I have a problem. I mean, my question about the toilet paper is this: Are people out there having that much trouble? With toilet paper, like, is it, like, really a problem we need to address? I guess. With advertising? Like, you know what? People are just not getting clean. It's, if, a, it's the scourge it's, of our time. The, like, it's the type of toilet paper that's not getting it for you. I, I, I just can't. Use AngelSoft? Filthy animal. Right. I can't fathom this being Use a Charmin. true problem that we need to address with that level of, of graphic. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. If you had boys, I bet you would. Like, if you had teenage boys right now and you had to do their laundry, you'd be like, hey, Charmin, I'm with you. I get this issue. (laughs) I feel like as a father to boys, what I would say is, hey, this is where responsibility begins. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You would would give them a lecture about uh, proper care? Like, you're not animals. Right. And even if you are, these bears are doing a better job. (laughs) (laughs) You can accomplish this task. Like, it's your job to accomplish this task. I mean, I feel like we're right on the edge here. It's your job. It's like, guys, it's your, do your job well. And don't, don't just cry out for better toilet paper. Do your job, guys. Yeah. Like, you, this is where society is collapsing, Johnny. If we can't be held responsible for the, for the things that happen in our own bathrooms oh, yeah. without someone handing us some quadruple-ply toilet paper or else we're all lost. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. This is this is when I just shout into the darkness. Like this is, I, I, I'm I'm calling it out. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end for us. Like guys, yeah. You know Bob Smiley, my buddy. He steals the extra roll of toilet paper from the hotels. <laughs> well, he says it's not stealing because it's there for you, but it's there if you need it. But he just throws it into his duffel bag every time. So he's not bought toilet paper in like ten years. Wow, but that's the worst kind of toilet paper. He's proven like a point, though. Single ply. Yeah. He's proven a point. Yeah. Man you just can, double it up. Man can get by. When we're in South America, my gosh. Yeah. You know, you just got to find a way, guys, out there. Listen, wherever you are in life. Find a way. Find a way, man. Be responsible. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird way to, we're winding it down. It's a weird way to wind it down. <laughs> it, went, it got weird. It did. It got a little bit weird. So uh, are you headed somewhere? 
I'm home for a bit. You are home for a so bit. So I'm home for Sunday? Yeah, that's right. Boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to wrestling tomorrow night. Oh. Local wrestling. On purpose? Oh, yeah. Okay. You should go with. Local. Uh, you never been? Gladeville? Gladeville Community is... Center? So when you say wrestling. It's independent. Okay, is this like... It's dudes making 20, 30 bucks but, a match. But this is the entertainment wrestling, not like MMA wrestling. It's pro wrestling. <clears throat> okay, right. It, see previous comments about pro and sport and yeah. all those things. So, but this oh, is... Oh, it's funny. It's fun, though. Yeah. You go... I mean, I'm not saying you go ironically like you I'm above it. You want me and it. you to be a, a wrestling duo, don't you? Dude, could we? What would we call ourselves? Um, I feel like... <laughs> I don't know what my, I think I would grow a mullet immediately. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's the thing you got. If you're going with Southern Wrestling, one of us has to have a mullet. I'm the flashy. And they always grab you by the hair. Right. And it, that whipping that hair gives you a little bit more to look at in yeah. the ring. Yeah. And so when you come off the top rope, you see that hair flow. It's like, that guy, it looks like you're more active than you really you are. You could be like Taco Libre. You know what I'm saying? It's a yes, little, a little, little derivative. twist on it. Just a little. And I can wear a mask. Uh, but the mullet comes out the bottom of the mask. Bigger than a nacho. But not, yeah, you know, like Chalupa Libre. What does Libre mean in Spanish? Doesn't it mean book? I never. I need to go. Isn't, isn't a, a is a Libre a book? Is a Libre? Oh wow! Not your book. What is Libre? <laughs> That's what they'll say at the library in Spanish. Yeah, if it's it's not your. That's your book. <laughs> no, uh, it means free. Why did I miss that? Liberty, free. Yeah, yeah. free Libre. Okay. Didn't you take Spanish, Sean? I did. For many, many years? Many, many years. What is library? I think that's like a... Wow, I'm going to be so... Library is like a... Biblioteca. A biblioteca. Where did I get Libre and book? Mm -mm. Oh, my gosh. And I knew that, by the way. I didn't look it up. I just knew it. <sighs> Biblio Libre. I don't know. You're so Something. ignorant. I am. Guys, I've, I have not enriched anyone's life today no. mm -mm. with anything. Or ever. Yeah, that's true. But we were here... We have a podcast. We do. We just talked for 41 minutes. That's enough. So, And guys, we want you to let us talk to you again next time for 41 minutes. And the only way that's going to happen <laughs> is if you share with your friends and you let them know mm -hmm. these guys are talking about stuff. They, some might Important say Important stuff. That. And so whatever that is for you, this is what we're going to talk about. And you can share things you want us to talk about. <laughs> this sounds like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> we'll have things you'll want to talk about. <laughs> It all, I will. Too. It all matters. So, but no, seriously, express we, your freedom yeah. or libre, libre or book, and <laughs> subscribe and review us and all that good stuff. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. We enjoy doing it, and yeah. um, uh, we're uh, going to be continuing. We, we were actually looking at the guests for the fall right now. Yeah, so yeah, you know, we guests. had some guests in the spring, and so we're looking at some guests from the fall. We're kind of in our summertime right now, Johnny. Mm -hmm. This is summertime with the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like and sweeps week. So we do the controversial stuff, right? This is when we handle to get ratings, like, like toilet paper. The toilet paper yeah. the issue in a society today. Yes, uh, how sport plays into our need for community and ownership and all mm -hmm. these things, guys. We're doing it. So, hey, send us things you want to talk about for real though, and we do enjoy it and appreciate you guys being a part of what we do here on Talk About That. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. 
but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.